But Matthew chapter 14, verse number 28, when you find your place, say amen. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if thou bidst me to come unto thee on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the winds boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hands and called him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore did thou doubt? Look at uh, Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, verse number 21. From that, from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the chiefs and priests and scribes and to be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan, thou art an offense unto me, that thou savest not the things to be of God, but the things that be of men. Matthew 17, verse 4. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make thee Make here thee three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias. While yet he spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. Behold, a voice out of the clouds which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I well please. We're not here to hear you, Peter, but we're here to hear him. Let's go over to Matthew chapter 26. Verse 33, Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, but this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny thee, me twice, thrice. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet I will not deny thee. Likewise also said the disciples. Verse 40, and completely, and he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep, and said unto Peter, What could ye not watch with me one hour? Verse 51. And behold, one of them which were with Jesus stretched out his hands and drew his sword. And we know that is Peter, if you love the other gospels, that is Peter, and struck a servant on the high priest and smoked off his ear. Then Jesus said unto him, Put, put up again thy sword unto this place, for all that they take the sword shall perish with the sword. Thinkest that thou, I cannot now pray to my Father, and the thing shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels. Verse 69. Now Peter sat within the palace of the damsel and came to him, saying, Thou, thou, thou also was with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them, and saying, I know not that thou sayest. 74, verse 74. Then began he to curse and to swear and saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew and Peter remembered the word of Jesus which said unto him, Before the cock crows, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. Turn with me to John chapter 21. We'll finish up in John chapter 21. We'll be, try to be brief this morning for you. 
John chapter 21, verse number 3. Simon Peter said unto them, I go fishing. Let me just pause right here for a minute and say this. Be careful what you do. Be careful where you're going. Simon Peter says, I go fishing. Then all the rest of them says, I'll go with you. You know people following you? It might not be a whole lot of people. It might be some, it might be one. But you ought to make sure that you're running towards Christ instead of the other things. He's, and Simon Peter said unto them, I go fishing. They said unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered to the ship, and immediately that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you today. Lord, just ask to touch hearts, lift us up, and, and give us the encouragement we need this morning, Father, and we just praise you. And we hope, pray, Lord, that uh, we can be a blessing. Lord, I pray that uh, the words may be said that give us an understanding. Help us to realize. Help us to see. And Lord, we just praise you. Empty myself and fill me with thy spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. We're preaching on a man that was extremely happy that Jesus was always there. In spite of his ups, in spite of his downs, in spite of his being in, in spite of him being out, Jesus was just always there for this man. In spite of him. We can all say amen right there that I am glad that Jesus is there for me. Not because of me, but because I don't know about you, but there's nothing good about me. That Jesus would even want to have a fellowship with me. Uh, there's no good thing about me, but he's always been there for me. I'm preaching on this subject, and I'm highly qualified to preach on this subject this morning. I, I, I preach a lot of subjects that I'm not qualified on, but they're in the Bible, so therefore I preach them. But this subject this morning that I'm preaching on, I am highly, highly overqualified to preach on it this morning. In fact, if you want to know a lot more about it, you just come and see me. I can show you how to be this type of man. I can show you how many times you can do it. I'm talking about failure. Failure this morning. I, I am highly qualified to preach on failure this morning. I, I know something about this subject. I know a little about this subject. There are many, many, many times uh, uh, for those that uh, are perfect, uh, that they've got their halo on now and they've got their harp now, and they, you, you just sit right down and, and give me about 30 minutes and uh, uh, we'll go home after that. But uh, for those who have already arrived and they are perfect, I'm trying to get there. But I, I'm not perfect. And I, I imagine some of you sitting right here this morning, you're not perfect either. And in fact, I'd almost say almost everybody sitting in here this morning is nowhere close to being perfect this morning. But we're striving to be perfect this morning. Amen. For those that don't have to come to the altar and ask for forgiveness or repent for anything, you just sit right there. But every Christian today has something to repent about, something to ask God to forgive them about. You say, well, I haven't sinned, but let me tell you what, it's not so much the sin that you've done, it's the sin that we have not done, it's the things we shouldn't have done that we didn't do. Amen. Amen. 
Preaching on that. Preaching on failure. We're talking about a saved man. We're talking about a saved man. We're not talking about a lost man. If you go read chapter 5 of Luke, that's where the Lord calls him from fishing. Peter said, uh, uh, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. And he said, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. He, he, Peter got saved in Luke chapter 5. But everything that I've read to you is after he meets the Lord. After he gets right with the Lord. He gets, uh, 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 he, we're not talking about a, a man that didn't get a lot, uh, a lot of failing before he, after, before he got saved. We're talking about a man that done a lot of failing after he got saved. And I'm talking about a man not just once or twice, but over and over and over and over again that he failed the Lord. Seven times, I believe we read in this time where Peter failed the Lord either in words or deeds. Uh, he failed the Lord this morning. Things like said, I, I've said this, I, things I, I, I'll never do that again, Lord, and I'll do it again. I, I've done that. I, I know what that's about. Oh, Lord, I, I will always do that and turn around and not do that. That, that's me, that's me. I'm always saying, Lord, I will never, ever do that again, and it don't take but a day to me be doing exactly what I said, Lord, I won't be doing again. I'm talking about a man that is saved on his way to heaven, serving God, welcome God, that fails the Lord over and over and over. And I'm just saying this this morning. Every one of us saved this morning. I pray to the Lord that you are. If you're not, you need to get down to the altar and get right with God before you leave out of here today. But every one of us get up every day and we fail the Lord over and over and over and over again. But ain't you glad he's still there? <laughs> Ain't you glad he ain't kicked you to the side? Ain't you glad he says my arms are still wide open? I'll take you back. I don't care what you've done. I'll still take you back. Ain't you glad he's always going to be there for you this morning? When his whole thing is wrapped up and it's over with and Peter goes out, he doesn't go out in a, as a bitter old man. He don't go out mad at God. He's not mad at the church. He's not disappointed in himself. You know how he goes out? He goes out in a blaze of glory. He, he's been preaching the word of God. And they, they came and crucified him. They pull him out and they crucified him. Because he's been a disciple of Jesus Christ. But he didn't go out alone. He served God. Even though he failed the Lord. I don't know if y'all know much about sports. I'm not very big in sports. I kind of turn the TV off when they come on. But I'm a Boston Celtics fan. Love the Boston Celtics. But I, I kept up one stat that's just amazing to me. It's a rebound stat. Anybody wants to know who the rebounding leader of all time leader in basketball is Wilt Chamberlain. 
He's had over 24,000 rebounds. And what we're talking about a rebound, that means uh, he sh shot a shot and it missed. And for some reason or other, somebody got in front of him. His shot might have been off. He might have been on angle. And he hit the rim or hit the backboard and bounced off. And then somebody had to rebound that ball. And he was the best at it. It might have been what he shot and missed or somebody else shot and missed. But somebody had to rebound that ball in order to keep going on. Can I say this? Christians, you ought to learn how to rebound from your failures. Yeah, I'm just saying this. We're going to make some shots sometimes. Somebody's going to get in our way. It's going to hinder us. And we're going to shoot and we're going to miss. But learn how to rebound and get up and keep going on for the Lord. Amen. That's good. Amen. Amen, I'm telling you. Rebounding. It's highly important in the game of basketball and it's highly important in the Christian walk that we learn to rebound from our failures, our, our faults, and all those things. It's learn how to deal with those things. There's something that I admire about Peter's life. When it comes to Peter, every time he makes a bad shot, we never read where he's down. It doesn't get Peter down. It doesn't stop making devotions to the Lord. It does not deter him from desiring to live for the Lord. It does not deter his dedication to the Lord. It does not deter his walk with God. It doesn't deter. It doesn't sway him away. It doesn't move him out. He's always getting back up. He's always moving forward. Regardless of his failure this morning, Peter kept getting up. Now, the old saying is, Peter's always opened his mouth up to put his foot in. True. But he didn't stop serving God because of it. Can I say a lot of things in your life that's going to happen in your life is not because of the things that you've done, but it's going to be because of things that other people do to you. You're going to take some bad shots. You're going to make some mistakes in this world. You're going to do some things that you should not have done, not because you've done them, but because someone hindered you or got in your way. And we're going to make a bad mistake. We're going to make mistakes. I, like I said, I, I'm qualified to talk about being a failure. I am a failure. If you think I get up every day and look like this, you're out of your mind. I, I get up every day praying, Lord, help me not to fail. Lord, I, I, I know what I need to do. I know what I need to say. I know how to act. I need to act and what, what I need to be. But I'm not there yet. I'll never be there. Why? Because I'm still living this body of flesh. I'm going to make mistakes. I, I'm going to fail my wife, fail my children, fail myself. And I'm going to fail the Lord. Why? Because I'm still flesh. Going to make those mistakes. I, I love Polycarp. He's a pastor back in 150. And, and he was 86 years old. And they, they pulled him out. They, they found where he was at and they pulled him out because he was preaching the word of God. He, he was telling people about Jesus. All the disciples had gone on. He was just carrying on in their spot, carrying on in what they was doing and, and setting up. He was preaching the word of God. And they come and dragged him out. They put him to the stake. 
and asked him one more time, if you recant, if you recant, we'll let you go. We'll let you go. Man, what would you do? If you was tied to the stake and the fire was around you, says, hey, all you got to say is, I, I recant, I don't believe Jesus. He says, no. How can I recant? How can I do that? How, how can I blaspheme my king and my savior? I like that. I like that. He said, I know what you're fixing to do. I know what you're about to do. But it ain't no greater than what God can do for me. What God has done for me. I might have failed God over and over, but God has never failed me. I, I, I'm glad to report to you this morning. He has never failed me. Uh, he has never failed you. Uh, he had never let me down. He's never let you down. Uh, but he has never, never let us down. I'm going to let him down. I'm going to make mistakes. And I'll probably let him down today, and you probably you will too. I'm going to let him down. But his arms are still wide open. His arms are still wide open for us. He, he, his faithfulness is great. His mercies are renewed daily. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not changing. And when I'm hitting the mark, he is faithful. But when I'm not hitting the mark, he is still faithful. I know I'm a failure this morning. But I can't preach about a Savior that has been a failure. He's always been there. Preaching on this subject this morning. Failure. Like I said, some of you might not need it this morning. But brother, I need it. I need it. I, I, I know where I stand. I know where I've been. And let me just say this. Failure is constant. Failure is constant. We're going to fail the Lord. Let me give you three things real quick concerning John 21. I'll try to get you out of here. Oh, oh. Might have to go quick. <laughs> First of all, when you talk about failures, you've got to face your failures. In John 21, Jesus has now showed up on the shore. Uh, Peter has been uh, failed him. He has denied him. He, he, he's failed him over and going. And Peter says, I go fishing. Jesus is not like this modern day Christianity that wants to just stuff everything up under the rug. Uh, they don't want to talk about it. You know, Jesus is one of those ones that gets right down in your face and points out exactly what your problem is uh, and he wants you to get your problem corrected out. Amen. Jesus is going to deal with it. He's not going to let it slide. And there's a lot of people let Things slide in their Christian life that they need to get up. You need to face your faults and failures. As I found out, there can be no true restoration in your, listen, there can no, be no true restoration in your life without true repentance. You must have true repentance. 
in order to get beyond your failure here or your sin here, there must be true repentance of it. And Peter had to deal with this. In order to restore your walk with God, your relationship with God, the relationship with the church, it's because they had never truly repented. We've seen people like that. They, they come and they repent, but they truly have not repented. Jesus is going to bring Peter to a place of repentance in his life where he has to face his failures. And can I say this? God is going to bring you to place in every year one of our lives that we're going to have to face our failures. What you do with that, God wants to see. You say, where does he make Peter face his failures? In John 21, chapter, verse 15. So when they had died, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou more, me more than these? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my sheep. Verse 16, he said it unto him again. Now, wait a minute. Lord, you're putting Peter on the spot now. You're, you're putting Peter on the spot. You, you're now making him uncomfortable. There's seven other disciples sitting around the fire with them, and Jesus is pointing Peter out. Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. We, we, we're living in an age where people don't like the finger be put right onto your sin. We don't want it to be pointed out. We, we don't like to, something get in our face and tell us we're wrong. We live in an age where we don't want no uh, direct preaching at sin in our lives anymore. We're, we have preaching today that is aimed at nothing and hits nothing. Amen. But that ain't Jesus preaching here. Jesus preaching is it, it, shotgun. It's not a shotgun preaching where you shoot it and hope you hit something. No, it gets pinpointed. We need preaching like that that's straight aimed today straight aim at your heart this morning where you honed in on something that you're aiming to hit and that's what jesus is doing with peter that, that's jesus preaching jesus preaching is he had a uh, target and he's going to hit that target who is the target here this guy that has failed him verse 16 he said to him, again, second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my sheep. Can you imagine how uncomfortable Peter is getting now? And he, all the other guys looking at him and saying, Come on, Lord, look here, you know, you know me, come on, come on. Come on, couldn't you have done this over yonder somewhere? But you know, you're going to do it right here around the fire, all these guys looking at everybody looking at me. The problem is they knew he failed him too. And I imagine they were probably sitting back. Is he going to let in on me? Is he going to jump in on me? I'm glad Peter's up there, not me. Get him, Lord. Get him, Lord. Maybe you get tired when you get through him because I don't want you getting on me. He's getting uncomfortable. 
I can see Jesus poking the fire with a stick. Looks at Peter and said, do you love me? Yeah, Lord, you know I love you. Do you love me? He gets quiet for a minute there. Then Peter said, yeah, Lord, you do know I love you. Now it's getting, getting tight. The other disciples knows what has gone on. He said, feed my sheep. In verse 17, he said unto him the third time. What is the point of saying this three times? You denied him three times. Mm. That's a little Bible nugget there. You just mark that down. You asked him three times. Why? Because he denied him three times. It says, do y'all you love me, Lord? Lord, you know I love you. You know I love you. Now, Jesus is going to force him to face and say, I love you, I love you, I love you. He said unto the third time, Jonas, lovest thou me? And Peter was grieved. He, that means he, he, he's weighed down, he's hurting. That means that he's sad. Jesus is about to, uh, not, not even about to spare any feelings that Peter may have. Jesus knew what was going on. And he said, do you love me? I'm kind of worried about repentance. And that's not repent, re, repented of Peter. He, he's torn up about his repentance. But he, Jesus is going to get him right. He's not going to fall out again. Because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? He said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him again, Feed my sheep. You know Peter did fail. Yes, but the Lord knew something about his heart. Yes, he knows that your lips said, but I want to know what your heart said, Peter. I just want you to hear you say that you love me. Now, I don't know if y'all caught that, but the first time he asked him in verse 15, he, he said, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? Then the second time, thou lovest thou, lovest thou me. Third time, lovest thou me. Do you, do you know probably what that is there? Pe people said uh, he, he probably was uh, looking at the, the other disciples saying, there, Simon, Peter, love me more than these. I read some commentary. They say, well, they was right there on the shore and they had been fishing. And maybe because uh, uh, he, he was a fisherman and maybe Jesus looked over at his boat and his net and says, Simon, lovest me more than these. That's a question that Jesus asks us every day. Jimmy, do you love me more than these? You love me more than that? You love me more than your wife, your kids, 
He's asking you the same question. Do you love me more than all that you have? Everything that you got. Do you love me more than that? See, we, we put things in our life that we say we don't put over God, but we do put it over God. And God was trying to get Peter to realize, hey, there's some things in this world that you might can have, but there should be never anything become between you and the, your soul and God. When he says, lovest thou me more than everything you got, you got to say yes. And that's what I want to strive in my life. I love my wife. I love my family. I love you. But let me just say this. You're not number one in my life. The church is not number one in my life. He is number one in my life. I love him more than anything. You've got to make a constant decision on what you're going to love and who you're going to love this morning. You gotta face your failures, and Jesus is gonna point his finger right dead at your failures. You failed me. You failed me. I still love you. I still love you. you gotta face that failure. You'll, you'll never have uh, uh, true uh, uh, repentance. And, and that true restoration until you really face that failure in your life and get it behind you. Because every one of us are failures. We're failures. Can I say this? It's not healthy to wallow around in your failures. I see so many people. Man, I, I'm going to try to get you out of here early. I thought. <laughs> I, I, I have seen so many people that when failure coming into their life, it's always, oh, woe is me. Oh, woe. And two months later still, oh, woe is me. What happened to you? It's the same thing two months ago. I just can't, you know. They wallow around in their failures. It's not a healthy walk with God when you wallow around in your failures. Get over your failures and move on because uh, every one of us can fail anytime. Second, you can never forgive, be for, you, you can never be, you can be forgiven of your failures. You can be forgiven of your failures. Verse 19, this spake he signifying by the death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said unto him. He didn't say, Peter, I, I don't want nothing to do with you. He didn't say, Peter, leave me. He didn't say, Peter, you cuss my name, you deny me. You ran off and left me. That ain't what he said. Speaking to Peter. Follow me. Follow me. You say, what is that? That is Peter. I still love you. Peter, I still want you. Peter, I forgive you. you, you let, let's get up and get right and get going on. Let's move on for God. I imagine in Peter's mind, but I denied him. I forsook him. I've shamed him. Yeah, you have, Peter. But you still can be forgiven. This morning, you might have walked in here this morning. You said, I failed the Lord. I have sinned here. I made a mess of my life. Yeah, you have. 
But I'm glad that the Lord bears forgiveness for every one of us. And that Lord bears the mercy and that the Lord bears grace. I, I don't have to waddle in my failures. I don't have to waddle in my self-pity. You don't have to wall around in grief. You can run to a mighty God and cast your cares on Him and confess your sins and, and be forgiven of your sins and, and get up and walk on in the newness of mercy of God every day. Knowing that God has heard you and God has forgiven you, God wants to bring you in more and closer to Him. God wants to put you back in the ministry. God wants to put you back in the family. Just because you fail don't mean it's over with. God still can forgive sinners this morning. I thank God that He can forgive failures in our life. I'd hate to think I served a God that once I failed one time, that was over with. But He's there for me. And I know that. And I don't mean I get up intentionally trying to fail God. I mean it's just when I do. I know he still loves me. I, when I do, he still cares for me. And he's gonna, still going to wrap them arms around me. And I said, Lord, I'm sorry. And I, I try not to let it happen again, but there's times that we say, I won't do that, we do it. Lord, I, I'll do this for you, but we don't do it. We fail him every day. Can I say this? I'm about done. Your failures don't have to be final. Acts chapter 1, Jesus sends back to the glory world to sit at the right hand of the Father to make intercession for you and me. To wait for that promised coming, the disciples return to Jerusalem. They're all in the upper room talking about the failures and does. They're not to be final in verse 15. And in those days, in those days, John stood up. Surely it had to be John. Come on. It, it had to be John. John was a faithful one. Boy, I can't wait to the night. I had to pull back the reins. Surely it must have been John. Why? Because John went all the way to the cross of Calvary with him. No other disciple did that. Surely on the day of Pentecost, surely when Jesus ascended back to heaven in Acts 1, surely the one that would stand up had never would failed him would be certainly been John. The one that laid his head on his breast at the Last Supper. The first message preached after he ascends back to heaven, surely, surely it had to be John. John didn't stand up. Peter stood up. Yeah. Yeah. Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, the number of the names, but together were among about uh, 120. Verse 16, men and brethren, the scriptures must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before coming. Judas, 
which was guided to them that took these. Peter is the one standing up and preaching, the one that, that failed him in chapter 14 of Matthew, and chapter 16 of Matthew, chapter 17 of Matthew, chapter 26 of Matthew, John 21. This is the man that stands and preaches a gospel message that people get saved. In Acts chapter 2, he does the exact same thing. The Holy Ghost power comes down the church and stood up and he preached the message. People got saved. 3,000 people get saved. It was Peter that stood up. The old failure. I, I imagine some of them were standing over in the corner. This happened to me. I know what he's done. I know what he's been. I know he cursed the Lord, denied the Lord, turned his back on the Lord, went fish. I know that. Certainly, he ain't going to do it. I'll tell you what, when God says it's not final, it's not final. God still used Peter in a great way. God put him back in the ministry. And from that day on, Peter went on preaching the word of God. And people got saved in Peter's preaching. God is not going to let you if you say, Lord, I, I love you. Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. And the Lord is going to say, I love you this much. Get out and go and preach the word of God. I'm glad failures do not have to be final. The devil ever told you it's, it's over for you. Boy, as soon as you make that mistake, that devil's right in your ear. You know he ain't going to let you back in the family. You know, he, he, no, he's going to kick you to the side. He's going to kick you to the side. Failure's not final. God loves you. He cares for you. At the end of the New Testament, there are two epistles that God includes in the Bible. And it's written by this failure, 1 Peter and 2 Peter. And in those two epistles, he gives such great insight on how to live for God. And it all, <laughs> and it all began with failure. It all began with a failure. See, I, can I say this? A lot of us say, Lord, we, I love you and I serve you. But then it don't take long, we fail him. We fail him. And then it don't take long for some of them just wander on out into the world because of that failure. And Peter said, you know what? He knows my heart. He knows my heart. I love him. I might not always show it. I might always be that way. But I love him. I love him. And God said, you know what? I'm going to let you write two epistles. I'm going to let you tell in them two epistles how great God is and how he's been good to you. And you read those epistles. That came from a man that failed God over and over and over. Don't sit here and say, well, I failed God and he's not going to let me do this. He's not going to let me do that. You know what? I failed God. And he's got me up here. I didn't want to be. But he got me here. 
I love the Lord. I love the Lord. Don't let your failures become your, your ruler of your life. He's God is the ruler. And God says, I can get you past your failures, put you back in the family, and put you right in the ministry. Don't let your failures dictate you. Let us stand this morning.